Welcome to the Unestablished Podcast, a podcast about the unexplained shenanigans of adulthood. Adulting is challenging, but with a little wine and an unfiltered conversation, we'll get through this together. Each week, we will discuss the perceptions of what it means to live the broke rich lifestyle as an unestablished adult. Living broke rich is not just about monetary assets. There are levels of this shit. Now, here are your hosts, Constance, Jawanda, and Monique. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to another episode. Hey, y'all. Hey, friends. And we are back at it again. It's the end of February. Mm-hmm. So it's just us, okay? We're just hitting y'all with some real rap raw. Yeah. Lord mm-hmm. Jesus. <laughs> Sometimes it's okay. You gotta, as an introvert, I like to have some time to myself. And this is what we're doing. We're having time for us three to be together. It's been a long time. We've had guests for how many weeks? The last four? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. since, yeah. Lord have mercy. Yep, they ain't had to go home, but they got the hell up out of here. We loved our guests, though. Yeah, they were fire. Yes. It was a good mm-hmm. time, had mm-hmm. by all. So let's get into this wine of the week, though. Yes, Go ahead, girl. Constance. Tell us, tell us what we got. Well, this is, well, this is a lovely random pick out of my favorite new store, The Total mm-hmm. Wine. Um. One time I was just searching around. I was like, ooh, what's this? So we have Vino Verde. Um, and I got the brand Seastone. Yeah. So I had suggested it a while back. And um, when I had done like a wine haul or something, and we didn't get to drink it. But I drank that bottle because it was so damn good. So hold on. Let me taste it again. <laughs> it's been so long ago. It really has been. <laughs> okay. So I remember being pleasantly surprised. It was like, to me, it's like a mix between uh, um, like a Sauvignon Blanc and like maybe a very subtle hint of mm-hmm. Pinot Grigio and maybe a little Moscato or something in there, but there's a little bubble in mine and it's a little sweeter than I anticipated it to be. And I'm very, very, very happy with it. I can recall that I had no problem drinking this bottle, <laughs> like no problem drinking it that Saturday. I was like, oh, what's mm-hmm. this? So I am most certainly a fan. I would like to try other brands other than Seastone because it is so far the only brand of Vino Verde I've had. But um, for me right now, this is certainly like a nine out of 10. Okay. Yeah, I've never had a Vino Verde before. This is my first time. At first sniff, it definitely gave me Pinot Grigio vibes. At first taste, it gave me like a... I don't want to say clean, but like kind of like a clean mm. Sauvignon Blanc taste. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I do agree with yes. you because it has that Sauvignon Blanc to me has kind of like that lemony zest or something in it. And I taste that mm-hmm. in here. So absolutely, I definitely agree with you. And I, I think the percentage, isn't it 12? What is it? Oh, it's 11. So I also have the sea <laughs> stone. So uh, I agree with Constance. Mm-hmm. I give it a nine out of ten. Well, I hate to be the odd one in right now, but um, <laughs> this is definitely like a a wine you pair with food. It would not be something that I just go mm-hmm. and just drink by itself. 
Um, okay. And I'm having right. a salmon tonight. So I'm excited to see if Ooh. that like helps me bear getting Most this bottle down. Wines. But I ended up getting QSS Rare, um, Silvino Verde okay. from the Greens in the local South Carolina area. I had difficulties getting oh, to the Total greens. Wine. So for the brand that y'all have, it was only available at Total Wine. And the guy told me that this particular brand is exclusive to Greens. So oh, that was kind of Greens cool. have exclusive wine. I know. Right. Okay, Greens. <laughs> and listen, girl, they help save the animals. So if you are for that cause, by all means, go support. But uh, yeah, this is very light and airy. I It's just not a go-to for me, but it's it meets Jawanda's 9.5% of alcohol. So hey. Mm-hmm. It does. Yeah, it does. I don't have a bubble constant. So I mean, there's like one bubble in there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like it's not like bubbly, yeah. bubbly. Like it, it, I feel like it bubbled more when I poured mm-hmm. it. I don't necessarily taste it now that I'm drinking it. I, I just think I saw one little bubble go up to the top. That was it. Yeah, that's not. Yeah, it ain't serious. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's not my fave, but we're gonna give it another try tonight with dinner. See how that goes. Well, yeah, most white wines like this do pair pretty well with seafood. So I'm hoping that it does, you know, kick it up and uh, enhance the flavor for you. Yes. <laughs> we'll get some hey, sweeter but wines, no, man. No hard feelings here. It definitely was in budget. It was ten ninety nine. Yeah, and I think the other options were like a little less than 10 So still within budget. Mm-hmm. That's a win. A win is a win. That's right. right. A win is a win. A win is we a appreciate win. appreciate that. All right. Well, let's go ahead and get into this topic. Um, so mm. today we're talking about um, being insecure. And uh, I don't know how this going to go. So I'm kind of intrigued <laughs> with this conversation. <laughs> I just want everyone to know before we even fucking start that I was not happy about this motherfucking episode. I have been fighting Monique and Jawanda about this goddamn episode for months now. Months. I did not want to talk about this. I've barely spoken to a therapist about my insecurities, especially around failed relationships, one in particular. So I'm just going to preface everything that comes out of my mouth with that okay <laughs> take another sip of wine girl right let's on. drink to that drink to new okay. new challenges mm-hmm. <laughs> conquering lord mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. all right so what which topic y'all want to start with first i think we'll leave that topic mm-hmm. uh for later on <laughs> in the in the in the conversation so Girl. What what do y'all want to talk about first? Do y'all want to talk about families first, or y'all want to talk about some red flags with friends or like people, societal people, some mistakes we made? Let's start with the mistakes. Uh, okay, and then we'll lead into yeah, we'll lead to like the that. details of what we'll, those we'll mistakes were because yes. it's always hard to identify your mistakes when you end it. Right. And then when you get out of it, you'd be like, girl, what the hell was I thinking? <laughs> well, you know how many times we've had this conversation about expectations um, and I guess of ourselves 
not that anyone told us we had to, but just based off shit mm-hmm. that we see, whether that be in media or family or little subtle things that are said mm-hmm. and done that in my, I guess in our heads are like hints, like, well, this is what you're supposed to do. This is what you need to be doing. This is the path your life is supposed mm-hmm. to take. And then you internalize that so hard. You don't, they don't tell you like how to focus on you and figure out who the hell you are first before trying to give yourself to another person. But you, so you get all blinded by what you think is love because you're just trying to be with some goddamn body. So you can, you know, get married and have a family before you turn 30 and pop out all them churn and have a cute little family with a white picket fence and a nice house. It's got brick in a nice suburbs with the white people across the street. And you know, you can just let your kids outside with your dog. Mm. Yeah, no. <laughs> that scene is no white life works no, like that. I don't know who life works like that for, but it's Bruh, When they drop you me. off into the hood, that's called adulthood. Bigger. The sirens oh. are blazing. The dogs Bitch. are biting at your ankles. The little kids trying to rob you blind. It was like okay. coming to America when they left all their luggage outside and they came back and all that shit was gone. That's adulthood. The comparison. And the mailman dropping the bills in the mail. Okay. 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 I was just talking to EJ to this morning. I was just like, bro, I just paid this mortgage. Why they sending me another bill already? Like, can, can we let the first payment soak in first? Mm-hmm. They're like, nah, B, you know what it is. Run me my money again. <laughs> <laughs> or I always think or you decide to pay a bill a month behind, and somehow you can contact me three, four times in a row in a day, but then when my service is messed up and I've paid, I can't get better service. Nobody. Help me understand. And at this point, everything technological. So they, it's not even a real person no more. You right. just talking just to a press robot. The button. Where are the real people? Oh, you talking button. <laughs> right. And zero, girl, they don't. They took the zero option out. Nine times out of ten, that doesn't even work to get you to an operator. No. Oh, I hate a call tree. But I'd rather do that than email some damn body. Mm. It's true. I think I'd rather the email. <laughs> I need to know. I need for you to feel the anger in my voice. I can't commit that shit. Oh, to if words. I'm angry, that's a different situation. But if I'm just trying to get something resolved that's not urgent, I'd rather email you. But then I'd be checking my emails looking for you to respond. Right. <sighs> Dilemmas. I know. Mm-mm-mm. Anywho. So is there, are there any particular mistakes that you feel like um, maybe it's hard to believe you let happen or ones that you feel like you grew from the most? Okay. So, all right, let's get into it. So my first mistake was dating my first boyfriend in high school because I didn't like him from the beginning and I just dated him because I'm nice. Um, so, and his ass ended up being crazy. So, and then he was a year older than me. So he graduated high school, went to a tech school, dropped out, and then he didn't have a job. 
So at first, like in high school, I guess his parents was happy that he had like a girlfriend. So they would kind of give him money for us to go out and um, him to buy me like gifts or whatever. But then that cut off because they cut him off. And then I'm just like, what the fuck am I here for? Did he ever get a job? Like, I don't not with me. I would cut him off. Mm. Well, you know how to step I, I didn't know. So at that point, we were going downhill. And I knew that I was going to college. And I was just like, that was my that was my way to get out. I was like, once I leave for school, because he didn't have a car, he was driving his parents' car. And his parents wasn't his parents was basically sick of like supporting him and him not really doing anything. And I was sick of us not being able to go nowhere because he ain't got no fucking money. And where's my gifts I was getting before? Because that's why I was with him in the first place. Because I was trying to be nice. He was taking me out and he had some gifts. Okay. It's the sacrificing what they, of, of when they liking said, him for me. <laughs> I did not like him. And he wasn't even attractive. Mm. So She was pity dating. Yeah, her. so I met him on the phone with another friend. So I didn't know what he looked oh, like. Lord. So we were talking for like a couple call. weeks. And then we went out on a date. And then I got in this car with them. And I said, oh my God. What did I get <laughs> we have all been i've been there where you get into the car and you're just like can you just like take me back home but the thing about it when i talked to him he told me he was like i'm this big ugly dude bruh were you self-aware like i when somebody tell you something believe them believe them That just hurts me that he said that out loud and you really didn't believe him. Like he was just I was like, how bad could it be? Funny. Like, you know, mm-hmm. I didn't think he was, you know, like, it wasn't going to be deformed. Like his face, half of his face was coming off his skeletal. Like, I didn't think that. So, I, I mean, he was, I mean, everything's normal. He's a normal guy. But he was just not attractive to me. And I just, I didn't call him after the date. So he called me the next day. And of course I get the phone and it's him. And he was like, oh, I didn't think you called me because you didn't like me and you thought I was ugly or something. And then I felt bad. I was like, oh, no. And then I ended up in this relationship. (laughs) (laughs) So, So I ended up in this relationship being with him for what, like two years or so. So... Once then he started getting crazy, and I guess because he was getting insecure about me, I I was a little trifling out there, but I ain't never cheated. But I did some things that probably told the lie. But I, I knew once I got to college, I said, "How he gonna find me?" And I'll change my number. I ain't had the same number no more. You still track you there? I don't know. Maybe eventually I, I gave him my number. I don't know. Oh Lord. But he couldn't come to Columbia. Like, he, how he was going to get there two hours away? He ain't got no car. And where he was going to stay? Because I lived in the dorm with a roommate. Well, I knew that was my getaway. You got a parent. You got a parent. So, <laughs> that's how I got out. You got At least you had an escape plan. Plan, I yeah. Did. So, that was, like, the first worst mistake I did with <sighs> relationships. I went out on a date with a dude that I wasn't necessarily attracted to. I think I told y'all about this before where I just, you know, 
changed the restaurant that we were going to. It was supposed to be oh, very yes. classy, like uh, Maggiano's, I think. And then we ended up going to some Hispanic place because I didn't want anybody to see me. Um, yeah, girl, I understand. You did tell me. <laughs> Mm-mm. I mean, I remember that story. And it happens. And guys aren't the best at taking pictures. Most of them aren't. So I was like, let me give him the benefit of the doubt and go out on this date. Yeah, no. I got there. He popped out of the truck. I was like, hi. <laughs> Girl, I, I was so insecure really throughout childhood. Like, well, not childhood. Let me not say that. Throughout middle and high school that I feel like anybody who truly gave me the time of day who was a cool mm-hmm. person, I would have dated. Mm-hmm. And that's where I was. So I was just happy that somebody found me attractive because I really didn't feel pretty mm-hmm. at all. Um, so I, I, I hate to even call it dating because, like, I talked to this guy I used to ride the bus with. I think his mom drove the – actually, his mom did drive the bus. And we went on a date to the movies. <clears throat> I was like, we ain't got time for the whole dinner shit. I'm just, let's just go to the movies. It'll be dark in there. We ain't really got to talk that much. And it, 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 was, it was an interesting experience. He, he, he was very odd. And I realized that at the movies. Um, the man tried to finger me while we were in the movies. I was like, bro, um, I'm just trying to watch Beowulf. I, I, I heard Angelina Jolie was CGI'd in this movie. Please stop touching me. Please leave me alone. He was doing the absolute most. Like the most. On the first date? I broke up with him in the nigga, the only date. I was like, what are you doing? Is this what you think you're supposed to do? Meanwhile, I mean, I was a virgin at this time. Like, what the fuck are you doing? What are you doing, sir? Not stinky panky. You know. I, I broke up with him in the hallway. I was like, listen, we're no longer together. Okay? It's over. And I walked my ass to my IB Spanish class. And I don't think I ever taught that Negro again. He he was odd. Okay. Hmm. Yeah, I don't even know. There's, I mean, there's nothing to say to that. But girl, I, I sure know how to pick up the facts. <laughs> so you didn't start with that raggedy motherfucker. Y'all know about it. just started early. I mean, obviously, for me, it started way early. Yeah, I, so that's what I was getting ready to say. Like, I think my insecurities didn't really... Well, as far as like dating didn't really start until later in life because I didn't pay anybody attention in high school. Um, It was like a small high school. People were dating like in triangles. You know, there weren't many options. And so I just wasn't interested. And then like the one or two people that I found attractive back then, I didn't know what, you know, like really being gay was. So my gaydar was off and uh Right. You know, come to find Same out, oh, you're gay. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. I guess we'll be friends. <laughs> I had no idea what gay was either. I didn't even know that was a right, thing. Right. I don't think I realized what that was maybe until high school. And I'm being generous. Hmm. I didn't know what the fuck that yeah. meant. I just, I mean, I heard people say it, but I didn't know what it meant. And I definitely didn't know why it was like negative. I was just like, oh. Okay. Okay. <laughs> right. I mean, <laughs> Well, I didn't know you yes, could do that. So I could choose. Like, that's what I thought was a choice. Like, oh, so I can pick. It, 
but I can't. Yes, okay. I never told y'all. Well, That's how him. me and my best friend met. We were started to talk to each other, you know, as far as like high school dating or mm-hmm. whatever. And he was like, you know, well, yeah, I'm gay. And we just became best friends and we've been friends ever since. So, mm-hmm. Hey, there was a win out of that one, but like my true yeah. insecurities of feeling like I had to be somebody that I wasn't to get someone's attention yeah. that really started in college. You see, you get more exposure to other people and you feel like, oh, these other girls are getting the attention that I would like. So Mm -hmm. obviously I have to wear my hair this way. I have to have my nails Mm -hmm. done and blah, blah, blah. And come to find out like, no. Yeah. Nah. Waste of time and energy. And it was exhausting not being myself. Facts. Yeah. To be like hiding in plain sight Mm -hmm. like that is the weirdest fucking feeling. It's so weird. It it makes you feel like sad so often because you're like, why am I here? I don't even want to be here. I'm nervous right right now. I don't know what's going to pop off. I don't, I don't have time for this. Like I'm, I'm, I'm tired. I'm tired just thinking about going, but I'm a people pleaser and don't want to say no. I don't want to seem like a bitch. I don't want them to think like, I think that I'm better than them. And that's Mm -hmm. not the case. I just really don't want to go anywhere. I just really don't want to speak to you. Not because of you. I just, I don't want to talk to anyone. Yeah. I mean, damn, I barely call my mom. So I just don't, I just can't. Ooh, maybe that's why we're so anxious now. I don't think I really went out and caught, like I went out with some friends, but like the circle was small and I never really took the initiative to like join like organizations or the organization I was in when I was in OSP. Like I never really made the effort to do anything extra to get to know the people that were in OSP with me um, to make friends and to like have interactions with other, to, to have guys want to like flirt with me or whatever. I just stayed in my room doing bullshit. I feel like every outing was an opportunity. Mm-mm. Every outing was an opportunity. You never know who you was going to meet. You had to put on a cute outfit accentuate the right things so they look and they pay uh-huh. attention especially if you knew somebody you know was fine as fuck was gonna be there even if they didn't talk to you at least they saw you mm. put a little little hopefully they remember you at least wave to you when you walk into class nah, i did go to the little clubs now nah, half naked well that's that's when you remember no, wait, we were dressing casual um business casual right. <laughs> the club okay <laughs> listen little black dress that wasn't totally showing your mm. ass. Some good old mm. boots. No jacket on. Cold as right. a motherfucker outside. <laughs> Standing outside a dream trying to get in old hot box ass. Knowing damn well you supposed to sweat that perm out as soon as you walked into that humidity. You didn't care. You just put a hair bow on your hand and said, let's do this. I think I would have been fine not going. We're fine. I'm, I'm sure we would have had even more fun finding other things. Yeah. I do. enjoyed the clerps. Girl, you can't miss something you it, don't know about. Was, like, it didn't serve. Yeah, but it's not wrong. FOMO. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like a lot of the best times I had were always cut off. And they were ruined by shit that happened after. Like, being catcalled by 
scary looking niggas. Oh yeah, niggas who I knew were twice my age when I walked out of that bitch at two when it shit when that mm. shit closed. Trying to figure out how he was gonna get home. Trying to call a taxi because I don't know who drove. I don't know who drove. But who even had their car when we were freshmen? I don't even know who had the car because I sure shit didn't. But girl, I I can recall a whole crazy ass story. Knowing I had no business. Me and like four other friends of mine from high school, two of which were in Patterson Hall with me, and the other two had come up from their school. <laughs> we all went to Dreams or Ice, one of them, and got into a car with two random niggas we didn't know. They drove us to Waffle House, and we ate, and then they took us back to our dorm. But to, right, but to be as trusting as we were back then, they could have kidnapped, killed us, trafficked us. And we were just so trusting. We just hopped in the car with these Negroes that we didn't know because we were drunk and hungry. And we had to leave them in the lurch, too, because the cop, the campus police definitely pulled them over because they had an open container in their car. I said, well, we live here, so we have to go. And we left the asses in that truck and went to bed. Oh. Never saw them again. Of course. Oh, my God. Crazy. I know. See, that's why I almost fell out of school because I wasn't paying no types of attention when I was I freshman. wouldn't either. All, all them IB courses, all them almost AP courses, honors classes. They had me fucking spoiled, bitch. I thought I was good. <laughs> they th- I thought I was fine. I didn't have to work that fucking hard because I didn't have to work that hard in high school. So I took my ass to college and didn't work that hard and got that letter in the mail. If you don't get that shit up, you out. Bye. If you love listening to Unestablished, you can support our podcast by going to the link in our bio and buying a wine. That's right, a wine. Buymeacoffee.com allows listeners like you an easy way to say thanks. Plus, it only takes a minute. Your selflessness will assist in improving software and expanding Unestablished, a podcast made with you in mind. Available every Wednesday on all podcasting platforms. Thank you. Oh my god speaking of love and college like i was reading a post on instagram where they were saying our counterparts are taught to go to college and look for a husband and we're taught mm-hmm. to go and um be studious i mean we have yeah. to be studious because we paying for that bitch they parents paying for that their parents can afford right. to tell them all right go ahead and look for you a man while you there while you Join Tri Delta and you know pledge. <laughs> you can go ahead and look for you a suitor. Oh yeah, DZ. Yes, honey, them Delta Zetas is all up and down Patterson Hall. <laughs> Jesus. So, Do you think that plays into our insecurity but, in college? I think because they don't. Okay, I don't even know how to word this because I mean, even telling somebody to go to college just so you can find a husband. I don't think that's good either um, because that's assuming you have no, you're not going to have any other identity than your mm-hmm. husband. If that's all you going to college for bitch, I mean, you can find your husband anywhere, but no, go to college where you know somebody who's successful is going to make some money and go pretend to get a degree so you can find a husband. Like it's very old school, especially for them. Um, but I, I don't know. I feel like they wanted us to focus more on being studious you know, because like Joanna said, we have to, because there's no guarantee you gonna re- you can't rely on finding a fucking husband in college. What if you don't and you waste your time? 
and they money. And you didn't focus on anything. And you got to wait for your husband when you get to your job. <laughs> but you can't get no job. You ain't got no degree right, because you, you had to flunk out because you weren't paying attention. <laughs> you was out there slaying, looking for a thing. Slaying. Shaking your ass everywhere trying to find a man. Okay? <laughs> trying to look like a perfect wife in college. Well, you should have been in that goddamn library. Yeah. <laughs> Pulling all-nighters and bullshit. And, and I was guys in Oh, I was going to say. Oh, go ahead, Mom. No, go ahead. I was just going to say, like, a lot of guys in college, they aren't even prepared for marriage anyway. They ain't ready for that. They live exactly. next time or they like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm happy that I wasn't raised that way because I think that would have played even more into my insecurity. Like, why am I not being chosen? I'm graduating. I've been here for four years. What's wrong with me? I mean, I already had that insecurity when I'm like out like on the yard or I'm out like at the club, like why I'm not being chose in those situations. Now you telling me I got to go to college so I can find me a man to take care of me. Mm -mm. That's going to make it worse. (laughs) But how, you know, I don't even want to hear you give in on this conversation because you did find your man in college. So no, I didn't. (laughs) She in the scene of college shortly after met him. We worked oh, together. I thought you met him while you we were, were in, in college. college but okay, I'll give that to you. No, okay. I had graduated already. Yeah, true that. Okay, redact that statement. We were. Yeah, we were. I, we were. That's, That's right. why we I had my time. Like, she okay, wasn't. That was part of our college. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he wasn't in school either. Yeah. All right. Take it out again. Yeah. Nanny, nanny, boo, boo. Still, bitch. Yeah, I don't know. Even still, bitch. Even still. Right. It was shortly thereafter. <laughs> Ten right. years post-graduation. When you quit fighting. My hood dude in college. When she quit fighting. Is that what you called her? Because she had gotten out of a, a serious relationship mm-hmm. before that. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. So what, a, what a, Mo, I know you mentioned earlier about having to change yourself to be able to find a, a suitor. So what are some things that you guys did to in order to like to change yourself to make yourself look quote unquote presentable for obtaining a man? For me, I think it was always my mm-hmm. weight. Like that was probably something I was always insecure about. And then I look back at pictures now and I was like, bitch, you was fine. You should have not been worried because your ass was suited, okay? Like snitched. And now I'm like, oh, okay, I've gained this weight, but I'm taking, so that still don't fucking matter. Like, <laughs> the things that we worried about then, they they really didn't even matter, but I think my biggest insecurity was probably what I thought was carrying extra weight. Hmm. Hmm. I think I was always just trying to be the homie because being cuter just wasn't going to happen for me. I was like, ain't nothing else I can do. I don't know how to do makeup. <laughs> so you can kill that. This hair is what it is. Fuck you. Um, I'm going to put on some certain clothes, but, you know, you're just going to get what you get and not pitch a fit because Rue 21 and mm-hmm. Charlotte Russe is taking all my money right now. <laughs> and this is what I'm wearing. Um, so, you know, I'll throw on a little something jazzy. So I guess trying to, like, make I, – I couldn't make my ass look bigger but I guess I would just hope that my ass would get bigger and my boobs would get bigger so I'd be noticed. So I don't know. I guess I just tried to 
be as funny as possible and be as cool as I could and like flow so hard into the other person and like match who they were like try and match all their interests even if I didn't give a fuck about it I guess to get in the light anymore mm-hmm. whatever that may have been like taking on to their music likes or yeah mm-hmm. I'll come in even one with that person wasn't. Mm-hmm. yes yeah doing everything they wanted to do and nothing I wanted to do because mm-hmm. I wanted to be chosen facts we all want to be chose. So, yes. So there was that. I think for me, it was more of adapting to what my friends were doing because my friends were getting the attention and I necessarily wasn't because mm-hmm. I'm more of an introvert. So I'm that person that's in the corner. So I kind of blend in with the corner because I'm observing everything, but I'm not like partaking in the whole situation because I don't know how to talk to people. I don't know how to talk to people. I don't know. Like we... We ain't went through no struggle together, so ain't none of us to talk about. (laughs) So I would always blend in. So I think my thing would be like I would try to adapt to maybe what I saw my friends doing in hopes that that would also attract the people that were, you know, attracting, attracted to them. Hmm. Imagine how much fun we would have had if we could go back and tell the younger us, girl, live it up. This does Uh -uh. not matter. It's going to be okay. It doesn't. I would have told they asked, just stay at home, girl. It ain't even all that out there. Just stay home. What? Oh, you Uh, mean like not go to the club or you mean not go to college? No, not go to the clubs. Oh, just stay (laughs) home. I'm like, we could have found something better to do. I feel like there's, I mean, we, I know Google was pretty new, <laughs> but like we could have found something better Facts. to do. Like we could have explored more. We could have rode around more. We could have not gone to the most obvious fucking places. We could have asked people, you know, that we thought were having a good time. What else mm-hmm. do you do? Find a new hobby. What else is there to do besides, yeah. What else is there to do besides go to fucking dreams and go to ice? Like I'm a broke college student, but I know there's other free shit to do around yeah. here. I know there is. That's not necessarily college related, you know. I don't know. Now, we had a friendship in college, which made it easier for us to, like, share our insecurities and mistakes Mm -hmm. over time. But, (laughs) like, how did you break the news to your other girlfriend that you fucked up? In the instance of, like... (laughs) love and the mistakes you've made and how you feel about dating in college um i'll say like with my hood dude like they had a whole like damn near intervention with me about him like they was getting upset with me like because it was so bad i let him like control me via phone like he was that controlling that nigga didn't even live there he didn't even live there. He was like, conscious, you don't go out with us anymore. You don't come out of your room a whole lot. You just eat and study. Now, also, at this time, which I didn't tell them that I was about to flunk out that bitch. I was like, I really can't leave here because I have to, like, study. But I didn't go out at night. I didn't do anything because he really didn't want me to go anywhere. And I was closed off, and I wasn't talking to people. I wasn't leaving my room. I was eating ramen noodles every night. I wasn't going to the cafe or nothing. I would go in there and let somebody else use my shit. But when I broke up with that Negro, they were like, oh, my God. It was like a sigh of relief 
It was so fucking happy. They were like, great. Are you going to like return to normal? Are you okay? Are you all right? Let's go get some food. Let's go downtown. Let's go to, what was that hibachi spot we used to go to in five oh, yeah. What's the name of that fucking place? I only place? went there once and I didn't like it. Oh, we were so mesmerized by that place. Especially if they stayed open late. I wish I could remember yeah, that. The cookie restaurant? Uh-uh, no, not Insomnia. No, it was like a little... It was beside, um, what is it? Monkey Joe's? Jungle Gems. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Beside Jungle Gems. It was a little, it was a small little hibachi mm-hmm. spot. Right on the corner. It's like across from where the Waffle House is now. I don't, I don't know if it's there anymore. Anyways. But yeah, girl. It was, they were fucking elated. Every every bad breakup I feel like I've ever gotten of gotten out of, my, my friends have been very much elated. <laughs> Or like uncaring, like, well, there's that. <laughs> Andy. Next subject. <laughs> Carry on, bitch. What else you got to talk about? Glad you felt checked out off your to-do no. list. What else we got no to comment. talk about? <laughs> okay. I don't think you? I ever really I tried to keep most things to myself because I think I was ashamed. Like mm-hmm. And and even now, like, there's some things I probably could have shared or not gone through by myself, but you're ashamed because, one, back then, social media wasn't what it is now where people are sharing more about their struggles and what they're experiencing. So, like, I thought that maybe I was going through these things by myself. Uh, I think, you know, like, y'all were there for that one time where I was dating a guy and come to find out he was staying at my apartment and had another girlfriend Mm. and I put his stuff out so y'all were there for that but I don't think if y'all were there for that I would have shared like guess what happened Da 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 da. Mm -mm. for the most part I try to keep things to myself yeah Mm. I think yeah I I think I did the same thing and I think it was more of kind of how we were raised and how my family was like you don't be telling shit mm-hmm. like you just keep shit right. keep your business in house to whoever and then also it was the other aspects of being ashamed that I made a mistake and I did something stupid or I went through the situation that was embarrassing and I'm not gonna tell anybody about this like it's gonna haunt me in my brain because I'm not willing to share it with anybody yeah and then sometimes you just don't know how people are gonna react like and thankfully, in some, in some instances, I'm thankful that we didn't, you know, because even today, you don't know who's really your friend. And back yeah. then, I used that word very fucking loosely. Everybody was my goddamn friend. I had so many friends. But in reality, I didn't have that mm-hmm. many friends. And I was afraid of the, uh, what I would call it, Cat Williams interrogation. Bitch, what you do that for? Why? Who was talking to you? Where was you at? Why was you there? What time was it? I just feel like it would have been a straight up interrogation and a defamation of my own character about how dumb I was. Like I didn't already know. And I was like, I don't like I can beat myself up just fine. I don't I don't want extra help. So that's another part of that. Not just that I was ashamed. I didn't need to make I need you making me feel worse. And I didn't trust you that you wasn't going to do it. So I didn't say nothing to you at all. <laughs> so what are like some um, 
I guess some things that you've learned from your relationships that are like non-negotiables now. Like you're just like, I put up with that shit before and I'm not doing that shit again. I'll cut you off. Not being not being vocal. Mm-hmm. Not being willing to learn and communicate. I just can't deal with it. If you can't recognize your faults at all, if you can't understand that you and I are different and that's okay, but we have to meet in the middle some fucking where, you can fuck off. Because I'm not finna work hard by myself. It's going to be a two-way street or I'm walking one way alone, my nigga. Because I was fine before you got here, bitch, and I'll be fine mm. when you leave. <laughs> You're not going to dictate my happiness, my guy. You might add to it, but I promise you I'll be just fine if you skedaddle. Mm. No, she looked like she was going to say something, and then she just took a long pause. (laughs) So I was waiting for it to to, to come out. (laughs) I thought you were I'm struggling with two. Like, I've learned to to not overextend yourself for someone. And having Mm. a very transparent moment now, I remember when I was dating this African in Maryland, and I did things beyond what a girlfriend was supposed to do for the Mm -hmm. sake of what I thought was being a good girlfriend and being a good woman to satisfy this man with the hope that we would be together long term. That did not happen. And now here I am. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I have physically changed my appearance because I've been stressed out, used and abused. And then you walk away happy like right so I think that was one of my biggest lessons learned and the other um is to not be silent of what my needs are Mm -hmm. and I think they go hand in hand because I'm allowing myself to do all these to overextend and you know be this person that I'm not because I'm not speaking up for what I need and who I am and what my expectations are so right yeah what a time but Mm. To be alive. Thank Lord. goodness we made it. But God. <laughs> but God. Mm. The Lord saw us through, sweet Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think for me, mine would have to be is um not being manipulated or not being distant from I guess like friends or or telling me that I can't be friends with somebody just because they're a dude. I mean, we all know that I have male friends mm-hmm. and like yes. that was one of my situations with my hood dude was just like he I have my even my gay friend. So, he was just like, "No, nah, I don't want you hanging with him at all." And I was just like, "What?" Or him not wanting me to um join Zeta that was another thing and it was just him trying to control I guess my life from kind of a distance because the relationship was sort of long distance because he didn't live in Columbia but he didn't live far from Columbia but at some point I just had to be like okay here I am hiding hanging out with my with my friend and I'm not concerned with my friend trying to hit on me or anything because he don't even like my kind in the first place. But I have to hide that from you 
because you're going to catch an attitude and we're going to start fighting. Um, Lord. Or me having to hide that I went ahead and I applied to, you know, join Zeta and I did it. And that ended up being an argument and a whole other situation. I think that ended up being like the straw that kind of broke the camel's back to where I was just like, okay, this ain't working. Then I was gaslit and manipulated in some kind of story that was like a farce. That nigga lie. Okay. That was a lying ass nigga. And (laughs) um, trying to make me feel bad about a situation. I was just like, well, I'm sorry that happened to you, but I'm doing this. And he was just like, oh, I told you this and I'm crying my eyes out and you're still going to do it. And I'd be like, I mean, yeah. And technically it was already done. So ain't nothing I could do about it then. <laughs> right. Because you stuck with us for life. <laughs> yeah, right. So. Sign, seal, and delivered. Good buddy. Yeah. So I think that was something that I really learned. Like if you can't get down with my friends or you can't trust me to be around somebody like of the opposite sex or somebody you think may be attracted to me, we we can't we can't be together. Yeah, it's hard down manipulation. Yeah. yeah. I don't want to hide myself to other people because I'm trying to make you feel comfortable. I've never been manipulated in trying in trying to control what I do, but manipulated in trying to pull your heart your heartstrings. Like Oh, I'm. Mm-hmm. I have this going on. Can you come and be with me? You know, can you do this? And knowing that it's an inconvenience for you, but that yeah. you are currently loving them enough that you want to make them happy, so of course you're gonna do it. So yeah, manipulation is a bitch. Like, period. It mm-hmm. really is, and it's scary how ones who are really good at it, you don't even know they're doing it until they caught up. You're like, what the? F-? Yeah, until someone else, yeah, until someone else says it. Until someone else, like, really lets you know, why do you, why are you scared when he calls and you don't answer? Like, why do you get nervous to call back? Like, what, why do you get so much anxiety about these things? Why are you so nervous about these things? And you, it's like you want to tell him, but you know in the back of your head, you can't tell him that. They're going to look at you like you're crazy because this is fucking crazy. Why, why do I do this shit? I don't fucking know. Like, at this point, it's becoming clear. I have no idea why I'm still with this person. <laughs> Trying to make you convince you that your family don't love you, your friends don't really like you, they're the only ones. And the only ones who give a damn about you. Yeah, it's that mental abuse, bro. I think it's it, it's worse, it's rough, in a bro. sense, than the physical because you can't see it. Like, you can't see the bruises. Right. Mm-hmm. So no. you just... They last yeah, for a while. You're just going through these emotions. And it, I mean, after a while, it wears down on you and it may right. show physically, but you don't see that they're beating up on you at all. You just see that this it kind of becomes a new right. normal. Mm-hmm. You get yes. used to it. Very yeah. much so. I recall my hood dude, he was bad about that. Like, it was to a point like he would threaten my life pretty regularly to the point where I was very much convinced he would be the death of me. Um, and I remember the last time I went to go see him, I told my roommates, like, this is his number. This is his address. This is his grandmama's name. This is his daddy's name. If I don't come back to this dorm room, you call the cops and you tell them this man, his middle name, his last name is the one who killed me. He's the one. 
That nigga was crazy. And I still, to this day, have no idea why I stay around as long as so I So where did y'all meet? Let's, where did we meet the crazies? Because we want the girls to understand <laughs> the crazy Where to stay away from. Because I can recall where I met mine, so I'll, I'll share. Actually, he was a cousin of somebody I had known, like, my mm. whole life. And he was cute at the time. <laughs> he was super cute. Cute and tall and buff. Had gotten out of high school. Now, I had gotten down with him and, you know, gotten all enamored and shit before I realized red flag, red flag, red flag. And that shit was waving hard, okay? There was glitter on it. There was sequins <laughs> on that motherfucker. And I kept on. I kept on, bitch. I mean, it was a motherfucking pride parade, strawberry festival in that motherfucker. And I kept going. I knew I was wrong, but I just kept on. And it just got worse and worse and worse. But yeah, he was somebody I knew from a mutual mm. friend. I met him at the movies. Oh, well. Crazy. I don't despise online dating, but there has to be extra vetting done. And that's where I had <laughs> the worst experience that ended in a restraining order because the guy, um, the as you want to say, the, the straw that broke the camel back was mm-hmm. he emailed, I broke up with him. He emailed every office that my, the company I was working for owned at the military base that I was working at. And this letter basically was trying to come from my character and say that I was smoking weed. I was still in time. He said that I was lying to my managers and it came from an anonymous email. So the police, they, they, we couldn't track where the email address, who it was on to or whatever, because I couldn't recognize it. So um, you had the energy to make a fake email address and send an email to my job trying to get me fired because I broke up with you. And at the very same time that my manager is calling me in the office, to show me this this letter that all the managers have received, he's texting me saying, I will kill you. Like, you know, basically basically threatening my life without t- taking ownership of what he did. So I immediately left work, went to the police department, and got a re- started the process to get a restraining order. Um, it wasn't granted to me because they weren't able to serve him. So at the time, let me tell you how crazy I was at the time. This dude was living out of his car. He had just lost his job. And of course, it was the company he was working for. It was their fault that he lost his job. But come to find out, his ass was fucking crazy and it was him. So he had just lost his job. He um, moved out of his apartment and was staying with his grandma. But he didn't, his grandma had an older house. And so he didn't wasn't comfortable staying at the house with her. So he ended up just sleeping in his car, whatever. And me being naive and just stupid, I just, you know, would like cook dinner and like we would meet up in his car and we would eat dinner and watch movies on his phone. And I would just leave him because I'm like, you can go stay at your grandma's house, whatever. But then he kind of like got over attached to me and would call me every day while I'm at work. Where are you? You just got off of work when are you coming to see me? And I'm just like, huh? (laughs) So all of that led up to when I broke up and then, yeah, I, I never, 
thought that I would be the one to even, I didn't know how to, how do you even fucking submit a request for a restraining order? Do I go to the police? Do I go to the courthouse? It was, I was frantic. Okay. And then in the DMV, the area that I was in, a police um, station is nowhere nearby. So I had to kind of go like an hour out to even get there. At that point, I wanted a like police escort home because I didn't know what to expect. Um, yeah, niggas crazy. Uh, I don't remember that. I must have been too drunk. I don't remember this that. Was I don't, this was pre I remember the restraining order. I pre, just don't remember. Yeah. Okay, maybe I didn't tell the details, but I definitely had to put his ass on a restraining order. I remember you putting somebody on a restraining order. No, they never served him because they couldn't find him. And so the police, um, for anybody that may need to, you know, be in the same situation, which is why my heart goes out to people for domestic violence, because when you, a threat is a threat. So therefore, they say yes. to um, make a complaint to the police and start a paper trail. So when you call, there's a quicker response because they already know that this serious is not, this situation is not like a wolf's cry. There have been other instances of, needing support um yeah yeah. i hate that yeah and i kept it in the car and it was like you know if the police pull you over and you need help just show that to them and you'll get immediate support and i was just listen insecurity will have you in the trenches bitch in the trenches out here looking just as crazy as a person aggravate Just <laughs> it's like a, trying to survive. Insecurity is like a like damn mosquito. Like you can't see that bitch at night, but you hear that motherfucker flying by your head. Yeah, like <laughs> you swatting <laughs> shit. Like I know you in here. <laughs> you turn that light on. I cannot. Like ready to swat. <laughs> yes, insecurity is like a damn mosquito that's aggravating oh. you over and over and over and over. Girl, that's crazy as shit. Yeah. And I am sorry mm-hmm. that you had to deal with that nonsense. I'm sorry we all had to deal with that motherfucking yes. nonsense. And it comes with living. Like, you get exposure to people outside of where you grew up. And unfortunately, you know, you kind of learn by experience. And I feel like even if our parents share the intricate details of their experiences like that, you don't feel it, fully get it until you live it yourself. Yeah, they say I didn't share they shit. say an ounce of experience is more than a pint of advice. I I do feel like I don't feel like I got any experience of uh relationships or like love. All I got was, you know, watch out for dudes and you know, don't have sex and <clears throat> you know, you know, just just the generic shit. Nobody ever gave me a story about how like, oh, this happened to somebody I know where there was a domestic violence situation and they almost, they were feared for their lives. Or, you know, I dated this person and it ended up not being like a safe situation. So I had to plot a ways to get out. You know, nobody ever tells you these stories. They just tell you, don't get pregnant. Watch out for these dudes. And, you know, Take care of yourself. You know, make sure you have some mace or some shit on you. And that's it. Mm-hmm. It's just... Or trust your female I feel like intuition. even if they did... Oh, 
You don't even know what right, the fuck that right. is <laughs> <laughs> I didn't start trusting that bitch. So I was like 25, close to 30. And even then, I think like, sometimes I don't, I still don't trust mine. Like I'd be right, knowing the right like, thing. And for some reason I just go opposite. Like you tell, I'm like, I know I need like, to go no, this way. No, I know better. I'm going this way. <laughs> Well, that's why I say, even if someone gives you the advice, even if somebody came and told you that in the back of your head, you're still thinking, damn, that's crazy. That ain't going to never happen to yes. me. Yes. Mm-hmm. That wouldn't be me. Because if I was in the situation, I would. And and that's, it seems so typical, especially when we're younger, mm-hmm. like hormonal and high school. Like we hear it. I've heard horror stories that Mabel told me about her growing up and her crazy ass mama and the shit that she had to deal with. But I was like, that couldn't be me. I'd never deal mm-hmm. with that shit. I'll never be able to do that to my kids or nothing like that. And it makes me even more scared for my niece because, like, I ain't her mama. But I'd be like, listen, I don't feel like, I don't know what I'm going to say to her. I don't know what I'm going to say to her. Say every, I want yeah. to say everything. To the, to the next generation. I feel like how young is too young? How young is too young to start telling her my stories? Because if Simone don't tell her, I will fucking tell her. I'm like, come here, little baby. Let me sit down and tell you about this nigga I almost married. <laughs> Let me tell you. You just tell him in a child-appropriate way. Take out the cussing, shorten the story. Maybe even offer some illustrations. But... Uh... <laughs> oh. Not illustrations, illustrations girl. Just to make oh, sure God. Update. Yeah. yeah. I think um, the thing about my niece is that she's like open to share. Like, I like the fact that um, my sister and my brother-in-law always talk about how they got practice through me. And I think I like the fact that they are, they're open to where she feels comfortable enough to have conversations with them and they don't chastise her situation or they don't, make it seem like oh why would you do that or you know you know make her feel embarrassed or bad about it so she's open to talk to it right. talk mm-hmm. about it and then even with me she'll call me and she'll be like guess what and she'll tell me what happened and you know and I'll just be like in my head like why is she having these conversations with me and her mom is like on the other side of the couch I'll be like I could never do this as a kid I would never be able yeah. to be like Oh, like I'm 10 and I'm talking about how this boy at school likes me. <laughs> like I would right. ne- like, <laughs> like, like I, I would, would write in my journal and tuck it away. I even had that. <laughs> I just tell my friends. Or tell yeah. Jesus. Because there's no one else to talk Definitely to. tell friends, but I would never be able to like tell my parents anything. Oh, and I do know. like that. So I guess if I guess my point was like if Simone is open with her and allow her to be herself, she'll be more open to, and with you, Constance yeah. too. Like she'll be more open to tell you what's going on with her versus trying to keep it in like we did. I'm sure she will. I, I have no doubt that Simone will be very much an open mom and let Simone do her thing because she's kind of independent already. It, it scares me to see how like <laughs> she just take control like. She can't stand for anybody to do anything for her ass. Like, if you you can try and do it, but I don't want it if you do it. I want right. to do it myself. And she's not she's not even two. So I don't know how this is going to progress, but 
I, I do hope that, you know, I'm with you. I want to give everything we never had mm-hmm. as kids. Yeah. It's still weird to even now talk to my mom about a relationship. It is. Because she can't relate. She can't yeah. fucking relate. I love her to death, but she can't relate. And I can't keep having the same conversation. I'm like, Deborah, please okay. Girl, cold sign. You had me when you were Okay. <laughs> Shut I'm up. I'm telling you one story, you and face. your mind is stuck on a story from two years ago. Let that shit go. I'm telling you about what's happening right please. now. Okay. That's in the I past. need a fresh mind. Next, okay. Fresh feedback. Facts. Stop getting stuck on what I did before. I know you're my parent, but trust that I don't learn my mistakes. When you going to let it go? I mean, my God. Because <laughs> this ain't no two-way street, ma'am. I can't talk to you about your mistakes, so you need to chill out. Right. <laughs> oh, we just ain't going to talk no more. Oh, God. All right. Oh, well. Constance, do you want to um, tell us a story? I guess it's a story. <laughs> sure. Why not? Just rip the bandaid off. <laughs> so that's so perfect. I guess I ain't gonna breeze past that shit like I ain't say it for earlier when I said that nigga almost married. Let me sit down and tell you a story. Oh. One of these days, I will tell my niece how I almost got married <laughs> to the wrong person. <laughs> to, to the wrong, <laughs> the absolute most wrong person. <laughs> oh my god! So I hope y'all heard all that shit I said about being insecure. Um, definitely since the hormones just kicked off. Okay. So since puberty, what's that? 12 ish, 13, mm-hmm. whenever middle school started. Um, so this point, this was junior year, 2010 ish, mm-hmm. 11. I had broken up with my hood, dude. I had had a fuck buddy <laughs> from work, um, who was just barely legal. He was 18, but I felt like a cradle robber. So once I got done with him, I moved on and met this guy at a neighboring college, 45 minutes away from our college. And at the time, to me, he was quite cute. He definitely had more muscles than I had ever seen on another dude that showed interest in me, okay? So me being me, still just going with anybody for the most part that showed me attention, I indulged him. So I guess we can fast forward. Um, but you were happy though, right? Like in the beginning? Yeah, at first, yeah. I mean, I felt yeah, in the I felt yeah. like y'all was up like each other all the fucking time. All the oh time. My God. All, all the, the time. All the time. All the time to the point where I look back and I'm so mad at myself for how much time I wasted being up under his ass instead of being with y'all and hanging out with y'all and getting closer to y'all. Yeah during our last college years. Like I was so engulfed in that fucking relationship that I didn't realize how much I missed. And that's what I mean when I say like, I'm so into another person that I'm, I'm like, I can't do anything without him. Mm. It's not that I can't, it's not that I can't, like I'm fine without him, but I just, I just make way when they want to come. I, I'm like, okay, well, come on, let's well, that go. That happens in relationships, I think, especially in the beginning. Like you're so into each other, like the rest of the world doesn't exist at all. That's part of that honeymoon that, phase I, where you know, oh, what are you? I love you too. What are you doing? No, what are you doing? You hang up. No, you hang up. It's like that <laughs> phase. <clears throat> but see, that phase faded the fuck off because at that point it was like semi-long distance. Like, it was close enough, but far mm-hmm. enough. 
It was like hours away. When <laughs> we've seen each other all the time, I don't think I realized how much fun I really had. Them seldom weekends, I wasn't with him. Like, I had a great time. I was so happy not to have to do and think about anything. But at that time, I was also still in that mindset like, okay, you're you're this age. God, how old were we? 20. I, was, I know I was. I had, oh, yeah, 20. Because, holy fuck. Yeah, by the time I had turned 21 and 22, I was like, okay, it's about that time. We've been together long enough. I'm assuming we're going to get married. <laughs> and that's just where my mind went. Because I was like, you know, I'm going to be 30 soon. I'm trying to have a kid out by 27 because that's when my mama did it. Like, that was legitimately the age I gave myself to get married and have a kid. It was by the time Deborah did it. Crazy as shit now that I think about Crazy. it. Crazy. Thank God I didn't go through with it. Woo! Can y'all ma- no, I'm continue 32. the story because we do not want you to have a child with that one. <laughs> Woo! All right. Anyway, so, <laughs> um, but yeah, we was never with each other the first couple of years, and then things just got to a point where I recognized that I wanted more out of him. Like he had, he was cool on paper. You know, he was in college and grad school. He was set up to get a good job. Yeah, he has like some crazy but... major. It was, mm-hmm. it was engineer, bio, chemical, chemistry. Engineer. Yeah, bioengineering or biochemistry yeah. or some shit. And that was damn near killing him. He was having heart palpitations. Like he was going to have a fucking heart attack at almost 30, 28 or some shit. And I ended up convincing him to switch his major. But we were just always around each other and... Then it was kind of like he acted like he didn't have no friends other than me, which I knew wasn't true, but he was so awkward. I kind of started to believe, well, maybe you don't. What'd you say? Very, very awkward. <laughs> you were so fucking awkward. Like, just annoying. I started to really recognize annoying. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was very annoying. So all, all parties involved, um, People just dealt with him because I was with him. I I can't speak for the people who were at his school. I can't speak for them at all. Um, But I just, it was, and it was, all of it was weird. His family was kind of weird. The relationship with his dad, mom, it was just, his brother, it was just fucking odd. I had to go into the details, but I ain't got time. So, it was strange, and it just rubbed me the wrong way. And by the time... The straw that broke the camel's back was when my first year of teaching, after I left college, um, the principal that I worked for, I'm pretty, I'm positive now that she was kind of like, she hired me really quick. I literally had one interview with her. I got the job before I got out of college. And um, I'm pretty sure I was like a placeholder for another girl. She was waiting to graduate in December. She came up with the most foolish bullshit to pin on me with no help from anyone. I had some help, but not a lot, considering what they was asking me to do. It was other people doing way less and nothing happened to them. But I got fired in the middle of the year. But they couldn't technically fire me because I was still under contract. But, you know, as a teacher, you don't they don't have to really give mm-hmm. cause. Um, so I ended up switching schools and doing something else. 
But that shit broke me because I really thought teaching was my calling at the time. And I was like, why is this not working for me? What's wrong with me? What's my problem? Did I really put all this work in for no reason? Like, I was fucking crushed. I just felt like I looked so stupid. I couldn't even keep my first fucking job as a teacher. I was that trash at it. And the only solace, that motherfucker who was living with me at the Mm -hmm. time, who was living with me at the time in my Mm one-bedroom apartment that I was the only one paying rent in and he was barely paying for motherfucking groceries because he didn't have no fucking job and something had happened with the accreditation at his school, so he just whined and bitched and complained and he was going to move home. And me trying to be the good girlfriend that I thought I was supposed to fucking be and let him shack up with me, the only fucking solace that he could offer me was you'll be okay. Oh, I'm sorry. Were you waiting for more? That was the fuck it. You'll no, be I okay. Sit. <laughs> I'm talking about the audience. Oh. I hope you weren't waiting for more because that was fucking it. Yeah. And he carried on like nothing happened. Meanwhile, he whined and complained and groaned and act like the world was fucking falling apart for him. But when it came to me, oh, you'll be fine. I'm trying to think, why didn't you think that way when you had to move your black ass back to Charleston then? You'll be fucking fine. You could transfer your shit to another place that actually does have accreditation. There are schools in Charleston. But oh no. Couldn't do that. Couldn't go back and live with your parents. That would just be too much. So after that. Eating eating the food. Especially. And not washing the dishes. Sorry, I had to throw that in there. Half cups of juice sitting in the refrigerator. Acting like he really couldn't say I love you. Like it was, and he blamed it on his childhood because his mother didn't tell him that. Like what? Am I really fighting for you? And this may seem minimal to y'all, but I want you to know this was year four of my relationship with this nigga. So I stayed with that Negro for a long time. And you're still having trouble saying three words because of your childhood trauma that you won't go to therapy for and won't talk to me about and won't tell anyone about. Oh, okay. Now, this is why I was ashamed later. Not just because of him, (laughs) but the events that followed after the straw broke the camel's back. Now, listen here. Okay, I'm not condoning this, and I felt bad for a long time. I've since just dealt with it. I did what I did. But at a certain point in time, when somebody has the motherfucking audacity to look at this, that is Constance Victoria Pearl motherfucking Mm. Gantt. Yes. And doesn't see value, my nigga. Like, Bitch, you a come up. Like, I'm a come up from anything you've ever dated. Literally anything. Your own daddy thought that. Because he couldn't believe and didn't believe I was your girlfriend. He thought you were paying me to say that shit. That's the first thing, the first conversation I ever had with his daddy at a game. He thought I was lying. Why are you saying this? There's no way you're dating. No way. Girl, what? You never, what? I was so shocked by it, Monique. I didn't even want to shame the nigga. I didn't even want to shame him. I was like, well, goodness. Fuck him. How you think I'm supposed to feel? That's not a compliment. Right. I was like, what the? 
Like, I guess he thought it was like complimenting me. Like, you're so pretty. How could you date my son? <laughs> but like, what? Why would you say that shit? That's your kid. I digress. So after all that, and it, you can edit this part out. I already knew he had some like issue with people cheating on him before. This was the first time this had happened. Um, other people had cheated on him before me. And I knew it. I just, I, I really didn't think about it at the time. I didn't give a fuck. At that point, I didn't give a fuck about shit. Certainly not him. I, you know what I wanted? I wanted attention. Mm-hmm. So after all of this, all of this nonsense, feeling neglected, feeling like he didn't care about me after all the effort I feel like I poured into him, fucking helping him get his master's degree. Because I was helping that nigga on Friday nights, write papers, proofread papers and shit. Somebody took an interest in me at the new school I went to. And that thing was looking good. It was looking real good. It was a damn shame. I was so weak at the time. I just let go and let God. I just let it happen. I let it happen a few times. But then I cut it off because I was trying not to be too raggedy. <sighs> We're going to fast forward to a few months later. He finally finished his fucking degree. He got a job. Moved to Greenville. He was doing fine. I got nervous. Now, I had cut it off with old boy months before. But I saw that nigga had ring books in his apartment. I have never been so nervous and concerned in my life. I was like, no, this can't fucking be. I can't. I can't. I can't marry this Negro. Mm. So I ended up telling him that I cheated on him as a result of seeing ring books. Cause I was like, there's no fucking way he'll try and marry me if I, if I'm honest with him. Cause I wouldn't, that's crazy. He took me to go ring shopping once. What? Mm-hmm. He called me one weekend. I was like, I was in that state. I was transitioning. So I remember I was doing my hair. And he calls me and he was like, what are you doing? He's like, I want to go look at some rings for Constance. And I was like, okay. And we went. Times like this, I wish I had been more honest. I told you I, told you I didn't want to marry that nigga. Damn. Be honest with your friends, your real ones. <laughs> <laughs> they can get you Which out of a pickle. Which is funny because I'm the one that vocalized that I didn't like him the most. Right. That's why I'm shocked. Like, how? What yeah. of all people, Girl, to all call. people to call? I really thought you would have called you, no. Monique, mm, and I would have told him. I don't think. But that's Monique a good was idea. never home. Monique was. I mean, she, she was never in well, Columbia. She was always in Sumter, and it was a weekend. That's true too. That's true. And he that's wasn't going to call somebody else because she might snitch. You're not wrong, <laughs> girl. This nigga over here trying to buy you a ring, and I know you don't like him like that. So you need to deal with this. Child. I probably would have said something. I, just, I wouldn't have went. I wouldn't have went. I wouldn't have been able to support that. I was intrigued. I think I was more intrigued <laughs> than interested in him wanting to buy this. Because I was asking questions in the car. Like, I was like... What'd you ask him? Like, do you really want to do this? Like, how's this relationship going? 
Like what, like, what are your intentions after y'all get married? Like, what are your plans? I was asking questions. I mean, he had partial answers. I mean, he had some answers, but as I saw it, I saw it that they were together. So obviously they were trying to make something work, but I also saw Constance always angry. They were times where I'm in the car and they're constantly yelling at him because he did some stupid shit. <laughs> and her only way to voice that he did some stupid shit was just to yell at him. So that made it awkward for me. And I've also been there with Constance Sorry. where she just said, like, I don't know what the fuck I'm going to do because this nigga not paying attention to me. And we've we've went to the lingerie shop to buy stuff. We've talked about doing this and that. And then his response and is... Like, why am I putting forth so much fucking nothing. effort? At such a young why, age, why we did so that? much at a young age. I mean, because this was... I was 20... I wasn't even 30 yet. I wasn't even 27 I wasn't even 25. Yeah, I was about to say, you weren't even 25. I wasn't even 25. I wasn't even a quarter of a fucking century doing all this shit. You would think. I was a miserable yeah, wife. Was, right, right. I was about Before to say, put you put the ring on married. me. I mean, my God. Like, in a 30-year marriage where I'm just like, nigga, we in this shit now. The kid's grown, and I ain't got nothing better to do. It's just cheaper to keep you. <laughs> but, honey... After all that nonsense, I told him about it. He was obviously furious. He felt the type of way. He could tell I was fucking lying that I only fucked once. Straight lie. I didn't care. It is what it is. He still fucking proposed just to be a vindictive asshole. I'm very much convinced he just did it to be an asshole. Because he knew before he proposed to me, months before he proposed to me. Because I told him in February that I did this. Like I was overcome with guilt. It was hardcore. I called that nigga on my lunch break at work. I did not go home. Like I drove two and a half hours to Greenville, confronted him about it, and I drove my ass back. And I was living with my mom and daddy at the time. Mm. And I went to work the next day. I just told him I'd go out with a friend to eat <laughs> and stay late. But even after all that, he ended up proposing and he didn't want me to call anybody and tell them. He wanted me to throw that shit up on Facebook like immediately after we left the restaurant. Because like he proposed to me in a park, oh. got down on one knee and it was all cute and shit. He actually had played with me and um, said, oh, we're going to break up. And I honestly was so relieved. I almost smiled, but I had to remember I had to pretend like I was sad. And then that bitch was on one knee when I turned around. I was like, what the fuck? <sighs> so there we were. Somebody brought us some champagne, went to Cheesecake Factory or something else. But he wanted me to throw that shit up on Facebook right after. He didn't want me to call my mom. He didn't want to hold it in for no amount of time. He didn't want to like be in a little love bubble. None of that shit. And then fast forward, he ended up cheating on me with some 40-year-old and a kid in September, right before our engagement party at my parents' house. He had fucked her before that. 
Yeah. And then we broke up in October. And I say I'll shout out to my black family because that wedding was on and then it was off like that. <laughs> Nobody said a word to me. To this day, no one said a word to me. Not one single solitary motherfucking single syllable. No, where is he? No, what happened? No, what's going on? That's no. how you know the family know that that's not the person, but then they dare to support you. Fuck y'all. Y'all wait right. until we break up with the people. Then y'all go and say, oh, we didn't like him no way. He looked ugly. Well, why you we had say nothing fuck on No one said anything. No one, not one person. Not my mama, my dad. I mean, my daddy didn't care. He didn't say anything about anyone. Um, he, I came with him. My brother didn't say nothing. My cousins didn't say nothing. My auntie didn't say anything. She, they just, they just like, we, if you like it, we love it. We just go embrace you. You love. Like we just didn't know what to do. We just didn't know what to say. And I still was like, auntie, good God, I thought we were closer than that. She was like, nah, baby, I can't I can't be stepping on your toes like that and saying nothing. If you loved him, I was going to let you love him. Yeah. But, hmm. But i tell you one thing. My mama even said to me when I finally broke down and told her about it, uh, especially the cheating part, I didn't give a fuck that we weren't together. I was more ashamed to tell her that I had mm-hmm. cheated. She said, Constance, you know what? I honestly think that you cheating on him was like your subconscious way of breaking up with him, even though you you were just too scared to do it yourself. And you were hoping he would do it for you. And he didn't. And then it just kept going. I was like, Ma, <laughs> why you say some, some therapist shit like that to me? Why have we ever had real talks like this beforehand? Why are we only having them now? Don't try to be, don't doctor feel me now. <laughs> this shit in the gutter. <laughs> what happened two years ago? Oh, God. Yeah. But yeah, girl. So that was that. But I, I, I felt a very serious weight lifted off me. Like I was, only parts of me that were sad about that breakup was just like random shit. You know, it was just like a, you know, not even going to say a lost limb. It was just like, you know, you just used to certain things. It's a wig. Used to you know, telling people. Used to wearing yeah, it all yeah. the time. Like I lost the wig. Like, you know, it just flew off me. Like, God damn it. I was going to flip my hair and that motherfucker gone. I ain't got nothing but the cap on. But it was fine. It, it didn't, it didn't hurt me at all. It didn't hurt nearly as much as I thought it was going to hurt. I actually felt 10 times better <laughs> when it was over. And all I could think about is. What, what kind of shit am I going to get into now? And I started having like the time of my life after that. But I will say this to you guys. The funniest thing about this entire breakup, this crazy relationship, was when I called my line sisters. No, first of all. Right here on this motherfucking episode. First. Oh, I, oh, I texted you. I said, we need to get online. I have to tell you something immediately. I made it sound so serious. And then I didn't want to say it because I was nervous. So I was being real fucking weird. I had like note cards or some shit. And I was like pulling them so they could read it. Like being dramatic as fuck, yo. (laughs) So dramatic, bitch. So dramatic. Their reaction was the funniest thing I have ever experienced in my life. They did not 
give a shit or a flying finuck? Their only question to me <laughs> was, so we still going to Vegas? <laughs> Vegas was the bachelorette party. The trip ain't canceled, right? right? Like, so even though you're not a bachelorette, we're not having a bachelorette party, we we're still going to Vegas, but it's not bachelorette right. party, right? So listeners, we have uh, had another friend who was included in that uh, call, and the way Constance summoned us that Saturday morning, we thought like she was moving away, it was a life and death situation. Maybe she was pregnant. Right. Are you pregnant? Oh! Like, that's what I thought, but she ended up, you know, saying, hey, I cheated on him, the, the marriage is over. And we were cool as cucumbers, like, okay. <laughs> like, I hadn't seen We're happy anything. for you that this is over now. <laughs> That's when I knew. I was like, how they react is going to really tell me what they really yeah. think about this relationship. Yeah. Oh, God. You never know, like, what relief you're going to get from sharing with people. Of course, like you say, make sure they're your real friends. But that's something that I value now more than I did then. Tell your story to somebody. Somebody yeah. else can give you some advice because you're not alone. Or, or learn from it. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. They could learn from you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't think that story was as bad as you anticipated it to be. But honey, when you said it the first time and I had to really think about it, I had to practice that story several times in my head without like getting crying mad like it literally infuriated me to feel that stupid because that's literally the only emotion I feel about myself when I think about that relationship is how dumb I was and I can't believe I let myself do that for so long like I really have had no standards no value within myself I felt no worth but it's because I think because you had a bigger goal in mind. You know what I mean? Your bigger goal was to get married and to have the kids and to have the white picket fence and the dog outside. I was ready to just marry anybody. But you were marrying somebody that you already put time in, so to speak, with. So you already invested. That's another thing about being in these long-term relationships. You already feel like you invested so much into a person. It gets The longer you stay in it, the harder and harder it gets to let that person go when you know you should because you feel like you already invested so much yeah and that's just that's the shit that just sucks like you you say oh I gave my all and I put my all into it and then if I walk away like what did I gain I feel like not even that I was I was more ashamed that I would have to like explain myself like to his family or that he would trash me to his family. I mean, you know but that I mean? would be his story and you have your story. So, I mean, if people really want to know your side of it, I would hope they would contact you. But, I mean, at the end of the day, people going to talk shit about you regardless, girl. You could be walking down the street and somebody talk shit about you. And what you going right. to do? Nothing. Because, I, I mean, you talking just, shit about Rihanna. Because I'm mad. <laughs> don't bring her. What are you saying? Ooh, this sounds like the per- perfect segue to wine and with we'll wine. To, go, yeah, to wine and with wine.
Mm, two, three, four, whining with wine. Tell me your grievances, whining with wine. Girls, what is on your mind? Do you want to tell me what's on your mind, girl? Because you look and mad. Know you love Riri. So what happened, girl? That wasn't yes, my Lord. mind, but I am a little upset. I'm happy that Riri is repro- out here reproducing, you know, populating the world or whatever. Mm-hmm. But what about my sure. future experiences? Because I was anticipating Rihanna be like, okay, watch out world. I'm doing one last world tour with my greatest hits. And you be there or be square, motherfuckers. And then I was going to be like, oh, pick me, pick me. I'm going to get my ticket and we're going to go. And then she out here at the Super Bowl going up and down on a rectangle with a baby inside of her. And I was like, well, damn, there go my hopes and dreams. I ain't going to get no song because Lift Me Up is not what it is for me. (laughs) I'm not going to get a new song and I'm not going to get a tour. But I'm happy for her trying to, you know, her and her billion dollar, you know, industry life she got going. She living the life and I can't be mad at it, but I am a little disappointed. Speaking of which, Mm. speaking of babies, I'm sick of these people being in my motherfucking womb. Okay. Get out of my husband's (laughs) ball sack and my ovaries. Okay. Leave us alone. If we decide to have a baby. We will have one. If the Lord would want us to have one, we will have one. But yes. until then, yes. stay out of it, ho. Because I didn't ask for your opinion about when I should have mm. a baby or when I shouldn't have a baby. Or are y'all going to have kids? Like, bitch, I don't know. I just got in here two, three days ago. I don't really know. We just got married. Like, I'm just. it's right. just my third day out here. Like... I, I, don't I don't know. Understand what's the rush? And, what's for, the rush? and then the thing is, I need support. We have no support. You know how much daycare is? My mortgage. Mm-hmm. So you want me to work Woo! twice as hard to have you watch my kid while I go to work to pay you? Somebody got to stay at home, bro. I, mm. I just like I can't. In the right now, the cards are telling me no. But that may change. So I just want to let y'all know to get off our nuts and get out of my get out of my uterus. Because <laughs> we just out here just trying to be with each other, connect with Is each it other. the same person that's asking right. you though? Or no, it varies from month to month. <laughs> it's always I know they're all old though. No, this one this time it wasn't. <gasps> really? I have a coworker at work that wants me oh and DJ to have a kid because he knows that if it's a boy, the kid will be a, a, a football player, a great what athlete. The fuck? Because we're both tall, and uh, <laughs> I can't stand people like that. <laughs> we're both tall. That motherfucker might want to be a goddamn ballerina. Like I, I don't understand, but they was. I want to be a gymnast. Yeah, I'm just like, and I said, who is gonna watch him? And then he throws out somebody else. I said, that person has a life. Who else? He threw out everybody's name but his own. Mm. I bet he did. That's the bullshit. I just... I... But I mean, I do have family members that are just like, bruh, if it's that bad, like, we'll come up here for a week and watch the kid while y'all go somewhere. <laughs> a weekend enough. <laughs> a weekend enough. But that, I, a weekend but it's not, enough. You got to move. It's not enough because what if I have that random moment where I need support? 
like I'm at work, something happened with the kids, somebody got to do that. Or what if I'm in the point of a mental break and I need to escape? Yeah. Hell, like for me. Real. Nigga. 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 Please. And EJ I, is yeah, not interested in coming back to South Carolina. Or nowhere near. <laughs> no, I don't blame him. I don't blame him one motherfucking bit. So. Because, I mean, listen, Simona Doug got it. They, they, they knew what they was doing. Living their asses over there. I mean, they moved there. She moved there because of his job because he can't really move. But they got it great. Deb and Don at the house. Deb working at home. Got plenty of vacation days. The niggas could take off. And will. For that little mm. person. I can't imagine what the fuck they do if they have them. I really don't. And they probably don't either. Yeah. That's just too much. That's too much of a commitment. And I don't understand why people don't realize, like, we've had this conversation. Children are such a yes. commitment. They're not. They only cute for a hot right. ass minute, bro. Them niggas cost Then they money. shit on themselves. Yeah, and you got to clean and it up. stop shit Every time. Oh, you got to. And then you got to tell them how yep. to shit and in the toilet. And then when they shit in the toilet, you got to wipe their ass after that. Because they don't wipe good. And then you got to hope they don't fall in that motherfucker. Okay. It's too much that could happen. It's just After that, you got to worry about the other kids at school and what they're going to do to your kid. Mm-hmm. Then you got to worry about the people on the highway about- when you got your kid in the car with you. Like, it's 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 so many variables yeah. out here. And you want me to do what? <laughs> no, thank you. And you, it's no return policy. I can't put the, I can't put the paper back. Can't back. <laughs> you can't put it I back. I can't get it now. repoed if I don't pay the payments no more. That shit is still with me. I mean, you can, but it'll look very bad on your right, right. <laughs> you have your child repo. Oh, you can have that kid repo. Right. My yes, God, call a man. What happened to the child you birthed um, two years ago? Neglected. <sighs> yeah, that's all I gotta say with children. Congratulations to Riri, and I hope she has whatever gender or sex that she plans on having. And um, you know, I'm still out here. Kid free. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Mm. Nothing at all. My wine is y'all know how I am about like things being in order. I guess it be clean and it's like it maybe it's just a guy thing. I think, and I've oh, experienced this with multiple people, <laughs> with multiple men cooking with them. Come on, baby. Come season on. the food. Don't season the stove and the damn food. What's happening? <laughs> Woo! How did we season the whole motherfucking stove and counter together with the pan? Come on, honey. Yeah, I, we laugh about it. I mean, I'm just like, oh, so I see the pepper flew over here. He's like, yeah, I don't know. I don't think I did that, but okay. I'm like, well, you, it was, who did don't it? Don't you practice aim it? every time you go to the bathroom? <laughs> What's going on, <laughs> sweetie? <laughs> What's happening? Yes. Yeah. I think you get they'll get used to your expectations, but at first, since you know, we're still in the phase of learning each other and doing things together, you yeah. Yeah. Or not, girl. Or not. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I don't it I know I'm selfish in my own kitchen. I just I'm like, you can come in here and you can grab my ass and you can talk to me. You can cut a few things. You can peel some potatoes. But don't fuck around with nothing. 
Don't fuck around. Because I ain't got time. I ain't got time to be cleaning up all this extra <sighs> shit. I just kicked Chris out. I just... I feel bad, but I had to kick his ass out. I remember out. you saying that. Get the get fuck out of my up. kitchen. Get, get out of my kitchen. Get out. I love you so much for helping, and I know I shouldn't diminish it, yeah. but I'm very much zen in my kitchen. Get the fuck out of here. Go sit your ass down and watch a game yeah. or something. Don't come in here until I call you. Don't ask me if it's ready, because I'm going to cuss you out. <laughs> and something, like, you just got to pick your battles, girl. You know. Right. And that ain't it. Trust me. I, we've dealt with some crazy ass shit and that ain't it. Baby, I will kiss mm-hmm. you and wipe this stove at the same time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I live. <sighs> Sometimes <sighs> you adapt some of the bad habits. Yeah. I know. And you be like, I ain't never used to be like this. How the hell am I got like this? <laughs> <laughs> what about this habit? That's when you from? get that real love. Yeah. It's real love, for real. Real love, I can deal with some shit. Yeah, the easy shit though. Let's let's make that very clear. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, okay. Nothing, nothing major. We can't be doing the, the negotiables. Yes. Okay. Yeah. What you got, Constance? Um, I love Black History Month. Lord knows I do. But y'all know how I feel. I am willing to learn about things. I just really would like to learn positive things. I can't tell you what Black History Month means to me outside of being a teacher. I can definitely tell you one of the best things about Black History Month that I felt was being able to make sure my kids knew more than the obvious Black History Month players, if you will. Mm-hmm. Okay? Black History Month band. Martin Luther King, Rosa Parks. Sojourner Truth. Every now and again, they Sojourner Truth, Harriet Tubman. Every now and again, they throw Fred, Frederick so Douglass in there. Jackie Robinson. But Jackie mm-hmm. Robinson. Um, Lord, that's that's. They might know one or two. They probably heard of Malcolm X, but they, they, they put couldn't a tell me Oprah much in there. Oh, oh gosh, they, Obama! They I know he was made Obama. Obama. Yes. Oh yeah, Mae Jemison. They start to put her in there. What was the runner? Um, Who was the runner? Oh, the lady, right? Lord, I can't remember. Yeah, yeah, Flojo. Uh huh. Most of them didn't know who that was either. They finally made like these really good books about it, but to me as an adult, George Washington Carver, you wouldn't believe how many kids. Oh, they don't do the Peanut Man. Benjamin no Banneker. I feel like the Peanut Man like, was a go-to. Mm-mm. No, they they they've washed it down pretty serious. Most people didn't know who that was, and they would get, and that's why I like giving them more than just the most obvious people. I'm like, go research Mary McLeod Bethune. Go research uh benjamin banneker go research i forgot his name the guy who made the super soaker oh yeah go research um you know i tried to find as many people as i could who they had never heard of who had very positive things to do mm-hmm. you know there was another olympic runner i can't remember his name jesse mm-hmm. owens he makes it every now and again but like I, I don't know sometimes what Black History means to me. I feel like every time Black History Month come around, I never see nothing good. I only saw positive things in school. Everything else I've ever seen as an adult has been negative. Because what are you supposed All to do as an adult? Black- Go spend money on a shirt with that for the month? Like, I mean, I get the point That's of the, the thing, month. Like, but the month does not serve a, the purpose that it was set out to set 
if we're whitewashing education or TV shows or like it's it's what a what purpose does it serve in the adulthood? As kids, right, it, I get it. it, but then once we get older, I'm not dressing up like nobody and going to work. You know what I mean? I'm not writing an essay. I'm not doing further research. You have to be um, brought up in valuing black culture to give a damn about black yeah. history, mom. I ain't watching no extra movies because my spirit won't let me watch them. I'll be mm-hmm. toe up for a me week. Neither. Mad and sad all at the same damn time. So no. I I think it's right. more of a reminder to the others in society and not necessarily to us because we live this black experience every day. Um, and we are still in this whole debacle we're just in a modern day situation of what people went through in the past like it's just coming back it just makes a circle every few years yeah they're just sneaking yeah. about it so they still ingrain it in laws as much as they mm-hmm. possibly can and some of them aren't even like quiet about it like DeSantis crazy ass is not quiet at all he is very much not here for critical race theory and I I just can't get with it like I just don't understand how you could deny the shit that's going on, but that's that's how racist white people work. Yeah, you get it that part out, but mm. it is what it is. It's how um, people want to say what we so want yeah. to say. It's 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 just too hard. It's just it, I see nothing but negative things, and it could be who I'm following. It could be things that I'm liking, but I'm just tired of seeing such atrocities. And I know that they're integral for me to know, but God damn it, I want to see positive shit too. I, I know a lot of the bad things, which is why I get so angry when I scroll through every fucking app that I have, like Netflix, and it's like highlighting black voices. Why, why don't you do, do that all the time? time? Right. And then it's the worst why don't movies. You do it all the time? Why don't you highlight Asian voices, black voices, Native American voices, Hispanic voices? Why do we, why must we separate and you claim we're all so to fucking mm-hmm. together? I don't understand yeah. that. Then the movies they highlight. If that was the case, we'd all just be Americans, like bitch. like slave movies. We'd all just be Americans. I don't want to see that. Right. I don't want to see that. I just don't. Okay. Roots did a number on me. I'm fine. You know, I haven't seen I've that seen movie Kizzy. Yet. I've seen Chicken George. Don't. Say oh what? I haven't seen Roots. <laughs> don't. Oh. Girl, that movie like 10 hours long. Oh. Longer than The God, Color Purple. So long. Yes. Oh, nigga. That, is, that, that was, was a, like a book. That was yeah, a series. Yeah, it was like a series. Yeah, it was a... It was a thick ass book mm-hmm. like this big. I remember I bought my daddy it for Christmas. And then it's like, oh, it was a series that had to come on like like days. Like the first, like mini series is before, you know, we had them now. Like I feel like it used to come on like Hallmark, ABC I remember on. it coming on back Something. in the day. That's mm-hmm. how I ended up watching it. And it would just young. come on every week. The next part would come on every week. My parents had it on. Yes, VHS. girl. I was about so to was, say. I know seven or eight mm-hmm. tapes. Everybody and their mama who was black yeah, owned and don't books. and then the next generation came out. Oh no, no, I couldn't take it. And then I remember that movie Shaka Zulu, crazy. Oh, you bitch! I got I tore up at Hotel Rwanda, so you know I can't. <laughs> I ain't watching watch that. that. <laughs> I, I ain't never. I ain't watching. I ain't want to. Again, Root scarred mm. me. I don't even know how. I, I think I was just very oblivious with the color purple. And Whoopi Goldberg is in it. Yeah, you so thought that shit was funny. I was fine. No. <laughs> well, yeah, parts of it were funny. Parts of it were very funny. 
Roots, there was nothing funny about Roots. Roots yeah. was horrible. Yeah. Well, we're just going to just say that, you know, Black History Month is for others to be reminded that we helped build this. What well, we did, we built this shit, basically. Mm. We built this. So city. we built it and they stole from us and we built it again and they burnt it down and we built it again. And I mean, we we didn't ask to be here. Okay. Y'all took us. That's the part that kills me. Like, I, I wish they did more for Native Americans, to be honest with you, because they stole everything off of money to them and put them mm-hmm. in a corner. Yeah. That's they really fucked them over hard. But ain't nobody, and we didn't ask to be in this motherfucker. Y'all brought our black asses over here and then got pissed off when we stayed. Like, where the fuck was he supposed to go? You robbed us of all our culture and then wonder why we can't go back to it. Like, motherfucker, we don't know don't nothing, know about, nothing it and still don't. about it. Ain't never been. Hopefully we'll go soon. Yeah. So, right. yeah, I have no idea. I, I'll figure out what Black History Month means to me right now. It means a lot of pain and a lot of anger and resentment of people in our culture. And I'm not Maybe you should that. find a nice way to say it's... Uh, it allows me to remind others that we built this shit for free. <laughs> Period. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. There's no nice way to say that. This is going out to corporate America. Okay. And that is the perfect place to put that statement because we still out here working for the bottom dollar. Yes. Helping build America. Black women are the most educated and they underpaid, un- most underpaid, and the most stolen from. Let's drink to that. All right, all, all hearts clear. Yes, 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 dear. All right. Well, guys, thank you so much for uh, listening with us, and you know, get in on the discussion too. So you can hit us up on podcast at gmail.com. You can also slide in our DMs on Instagram and, um, you know, talk to us. Well, I did see in our DMs on Instagram that some people reached out and talked to us about the episode with uh, Corey and Justin. So we love we loved to hear it. We love to see it. Yes. And we thank you guys so much for your feedback. Um, also we're on TikTok as well. We post some videos there so you guys can, uh, get a little bit more of us there. Um, and also let us know if you like Constance's, uh, video she making with the mixed drinks. Okay. Because <laughs> yes. And if anyone has any suggestions, hit me up because at some point this is going to turn from wine cocktails to straight cocktails and possibly mocktails. Cause I did see, um, a request for some mocktails and so some of those may be coming so if you see a few repeats but with mocktails just just bear with me guys i'm trying to i'm glad you liked it because that strawberry mojito that shit was so much fun to make oh my god it looks so good so much fun girl it was good mm-hmm. i was making it yes that was that was a good one all right well if nobody have any doesn't have anything else to add to the conversation mo go ahead and take us out cheers cheers Cheers. yeah y'all okay yeah girl oh (laughs) heavens to me not the heartburn heartburn
in my chest. Call the fire department. Y'all remember that song from Alicia? <laughs> Feeling like a heat wave. Thank you for joining us this week on Unestablished. Be sure to catch us every week. And don't forget to rate, review, and follow us on all podcast platforms. Or if you simply tell a friend about the show, that would help us out too. Until next time, peace and love.